There is no guarantee for success, but there are ways to get closer to it when you do the right things. Who you surround yourself with is just as important as what you do. Finding the right people, the right classes, the right activities, and taking the right tests are all decisions that shape your future. Find out more today on Destination University with Dr. Cynthia Colon. Dr. Colon and her guests will give you the tips you need, whether you're a student, parent, or educator. Now, here is your host, Dr. Cynthia Colon. You're listening to Destination University, a podcast for college-bound teens and the parents, mentors, and educators who support them. If that is you, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Cynthia Colon, TEDx speaker, college admission strategist, and author of the book, Be Committed, Get Admitted. Welcome to Destination U University. We help college-bound teens create an action plan, become interesting applicants, and write compelling essays that increase acceptance letters. We do all this through online or live group classes and private counseling. Consider me your happy success expert. Being here today already tells me you are looking to get ahead, find practical advice, and take action steps. You are growing the community of happy and well-informed families across the country. Thank you for joining the movement. Okay, we are here in season nine and our weekly Wednesday, Better We Wednesday series. I'm interviewing former parents, educators, and college admission folks that offer key tips on, and strategies on how to become a better parent, teacher, counselor, or mentor, or even a student by sharing their own story. Whether your college-bound teen is in middle school or high school, you will find valuable information, or what I call golden nuggets, to apply immediately. So thanks for joining us today. You guys, right. we are you guys are in for a treat because <laughs> Belinda is our special guest. And um, truth be told, Belinda was introduced to me by a good friend of mine, Tanya. I always call her Tanya Castro, but I know that's not her new her married name, Tanya Brent, uh, who she and I go way back when we were working. I was at Vassar College and I want to say she was at Dartmouth, maybe, or Penn. I can't remember, but one of the Ivy League schools. So welcome, Belinda. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Oh, tell us um, where you're tuning in from. And uh, let's see that little shirt you've got on there. Great to see you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just a little bit of a reveal. UCLA. Yes. UCLA yeah. mom. I know. Um, I know. Tell us where yes, you're tuning in from. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Belinda Salvaday. I am in Oakland, California. And as Dr. C mentioned, she, I was introduced to her by a, somewhat of a, a connection through my son's former school. Um, a little bit about myself. I'm first generation Californian. My parents are from Nicaragua, both of them. And so I was the first to be born in California and first in my family to go to college. So when I went through the process, um, it was different. The UCs, you had one essay, you just told a story. It wasn't four essays back then. Um, it was a lot easier to get in. Uh, I um, guided myself through the process. I had amazing supportive parents. However, they didn't go to college mm. in this country. They didn't yeah. go to college at all. <laughs> um, and so um, for me, when, so I went to UC Santa Barbara, had a wonderful time there. And I have two boys, Mateo's my firstborn, first to go through the college process. So when it came time for Mateo to go through it, um, I knew that it was going to be very different for him, yeah. one, 
And I also had a bit of, I'm just going to call it like a bit of a fear because mm-hmm. Mateo went to private school from K through eight, nine years of private school. And this private school has a very well dialed um, college um, system. <laughs> prep or what do they, you know, they have a department with college counselors who focus on helping kids with their college applications. And Mateo wanted to leave this small little private school. And uh, his dad and I didn't want him to, but at the end of the day, we realized we had to listen to him. So he switched over freshman year to our local public school, Oakland Tech High School, Mm -hmm. which is a 2000 student school, um, 500 about per class with you know, very few counselors, maybe three for, for 500 kids. I mean, it's, so the resources were tight. Mm-hmm. I had a fear that he wasn't going to get what he needed in terms of college counseling. So I reached out to Tanya, who gave me this great recommendation. Um, so that is how I ended up with you, Dr. C, was really um, out of like fear and concern that I wasn't, that I knew how competitive the process was and that Mateo wasn't going to get the guidance he needed at a small public school or a large public school. Yeah. Now you just hit on so many great things and I just want to kind of drive those points home. Um, So you said 2000 students and 500 per, per about 500 per class that you went to that. He went to that. And then say again, how he left a a prep school that had a total of how many students in his grade? There was a hundred in the grade, so 400 or less in the entire high school. Right. And I'm going to guess, okay, so that's very similar to everybody. You all know, it's not a secret. I was, if you've been following me, you know, I I used to work at Marymount High School, a private girls school here in Los Angeles, which also had approximately a hundred to at the most like 110 students per grade and two college counselors at Marymount for a class of a hundred. So I had a total caseload of 50 to 55 students. Does that sound similar to where Mateo had, had been previously? Yes. Yes, yeah. that sounds about right. Maybe less actually, actually but I yes, uh, probably less because Catholic has more kids than independent. Yeah, I actually think if I remember Tanya correctly, they might be a party of three for each grade level or four. Anyway. Yeah. He came from a, uh, one of the uh, very elite uh, schools in California. I mean, there's not a single college that doesn't know that, that school that he was at. Okay, so yep. very brave of you to to do what he's asking for and switch him from that well-resourced, well-engined system of uh, success at that school and put him where he wanted to be. So you perhaps had a little bit of just a, a heads up in your own mind having been to that other school that you knew oh wow what that competition looks like so what was driving it once he was in high school when did he start to say that he wanted to go to these because I know he's has he has big dreams so was oh, it his, his dreams when did that uh, all happen? I think um right from the start I would say from freshman year so Mateo is a, he's a super motivated kid and he always knew he wanted, in his mind, he always wanted to go to a top school, right? Top 100, top 50, however you want to, yep. you know, title that. Um, and so I knew that he needed to have a competitive application 
freshman year of high school, I went to the local, I went to his school and went to a college and career presentation. So already I was thinking about, I actually got the questions for the UCF. I got the UCL and I know they're all the same. I got, I, they were passing it out. UCLA was there. There were a lot of colleges there. And I do want to say one thing, a shout out though, to Oakland Tech is with the resources they have, they do a lot for the kids. There's a lot of parent, but it's parent volunteer driven to support mm -hmm. the school to get kids what they need. But they put on good college and career fairs. I went, I got this pamphlet. I read the questions and I was like, okay, so over the next four years, he needs to have experiences to answer these questions. And so- Good, Belinda, you're so, so smart. I just realized that. And then, and for me, it was easy because you know, Mateo, he was motivated. He was playing sports, he was leading, he was doing a lot of things. He signed himself up freshman year for dual enrollment, which for those of you who may not know, it's just taking college classes while you're in high school. Um, so he was always on the right track, but what made me calm was knowing the track. Like I, I had a sense of he's going to answer these questions when he gets to the end of it. He needs to have experiences to discuss. He needs to have top grades. He needs to have competitive classes. He needs all those things. And it's important to know that when you start. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, um, so for me, I think I knew right away that he had this profile that he wanted to really be competitive. And so I talked to people, I knew I reached out to resources. Um, I have a cousin whose daughter made it through Harvard. I reached out to her when Mateo was in eighth grade and asked her what her path was to get there. So I had in mind the classes he needed to take and, and all those things. So, um, so that being informed, getting information was really important to me. So whatever resources I needed to do that so that I could help make sure he was on the right path early on, because I knew that early advice was not available where he was at his school. Okay. This is a really great point to me, you know, uh, so everybody who's listening is typically a parent, um, or it could be an educator, but you know, you, they want what you, what you got and, and what you had in mind or what Mateo had in mind. I want to get into a top 100 college. Okay. For the record, I use top 100 college. So everybody's listening. Top 100 college means they admit under 30% of the pool. Okay. When we're, what we're talking about um, UCLA or the Ivy Leagues or USC or uh, Duke or Georgetown, those schools are admitting under 20%. And many of the ones I just mentioned are admitting under 15 and the Ivies are under 10. Okay. So to be a top 100 score, to get admitted to even one, most people would cut their arm off to get in, just to have one choice in that pool of, uh, of, uh, of colleges. So what Belinda just said to everyone, if you didn't catch that, write down this first golden nugget. Obviously she's dropped a few bombs already, but get a mentor, get a mentor. And whether that mentor is just listening to this podcast and just you know, drinking the Kool-Aid, you have to like, just get in the program of like, I need to know what to do. I need to talk to somebody who, whose daughter went to Harvard. I know I can't get um, early access to my counselors. Now counselors don't, it doesn't mean that they don't care. It means that with a school of 2000, and if you're at a public school or a large Catholic school, that's how many students there are. The counselors have typically are one to about 500 caseload. A good school would be 250 or below. And I mean, you're doing really great if you can find a public school that has under 150 to one, okay? 
So there you have it, guys. Get a mentor however you need it and get the information that you need. So, okay. Now I want to uh, sort of highlight, uh, you can listen to, I'll probably put it in the show notes, um, link to Mateo's uh, interview. So you can listen to his whole story and he'll tell you exactly what he did and the path that he followed. But one of the things that we should highlight is um, to be eligible for, uh, you know, to be a compelling applicant, not only do you have to know how to answer the questions and get good grades, but you kind of have this, like what we call a coolness factor. And for me, Mateo, I mean, he had a lot of things going for him, but he started this nonprofit. When did that start? And can you just say just a little bit about that uh, nonprofit he did? Yes. So he first took an internship at the mayor's office and um, did some volunteer events and really started to see the need in Oakland. Not that he needed to work at the mayor's office to see that he lives here. He grew up here <laughs> so he can see where the gaps are. Right. And moving from private school to public school really opened his eyes to a larger um, population and what people do and don't have. Right. So he's very philanthropic. He wanted to do something to help different populations. He also likes to do a lot of different things. So he didn't want to commit to one cause. <laughs> so he came home one day and he said, mom, I have an idea. I'm going to start my own nonprofit where we just tap into multiple needs throughout the city of Oakland. And my mission is to serve Oakland and to bring all my friends in and peers and be students who want to better their community. So I was like, okay. <laughs> we'll see, I, you know, like with everything. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was the, that was his genesis. That's where he started because he just wanted to help. So he just called some friends. These kids were really impressive. They all are right. I mean, yeah. everyone out there who's listening, you have an impressive kid, I'm sure. So he called his friends, he called his peers. They all got excited. They started organizing events. They did, you know, trash pickups, picked up five, you know, rallied 60 kids in a week's notice to pick up on MLK day, 5,000 pounds of trash in the city. They ended up doing a multi-school food uh, school food drive where they delivered, it was like five high schools in the Bay Area, collected tons of food and distributed it to low-income families, uh, college. They did, uh, you know, I'll, I won't go into all of it, but they did a lot of different initiatives um, to help. And in the background, Mateo and I was helping him fill out paperwork to get official 501c3 status, which was granted two days before his birthday, two days before he turned 17. So he was a 16 year old CEO of a nonprofit <laughs> at that point, which is really exciting. Um, and he just went from there, you know, he, they ended up recruiting a lot of people, a lot of a big base of volunteers. Now he's passed it on to other seniors that are here at Hedroyce and other places that are keeping the torch going. And he's also expanding at UCLA. He's been doing some work with homeless people. So um, so that was his, the, the key there was, it was his idea, something that he was passionate about, something that he was excited to do. Um, because if you give your kids ideas, I know this, you know, if I tell them, go do this, it's like, it's not gonna happen unless they're really passionate about it. And it's something that they love. And he put everything into that nonprofit, so. Yeah. Um, so that's what Mateo did. Yeah. The real key there is that he was a, the leader of that, right? So you can do community <laughs> service and just, and do your, put in your time, but this is really taking it to another extreme, which we call, that's the difference between involvement versus impact leadership. And so he moved from the category of being involved in a number of things 
to impact leadership. So I just want to drive home that point too. Okay, so we want to know, our parents want to know, what was it like going through the process, the college admission process as a parent? Now you've done all your work and supported him. And now you're getting, you know, it's either second semester, junior year, and you know, right? Like the, the, the second semester juniors that I'm working with now, I mean, I've sent them a package. We're like, okay, we're 10 months away. Like this is no joke anymore. Um, and so walk us through your feelings and how you, or maybe you, you didn't, did, did yeah. you stay home? Did you not stay home? Like what happened? Oh my gosh. I mean, first of all, looking back and the parents I talked to now, cause I have friends who are going through the process now with their kids. It's a marathon. Just be aware like, no, now it goes on and on and on because you start, it's not like, oh, I'm going to do the application. I'm done. You start out with, you need to do the essays. And for Mateo, he did that the summer before his senior year, which was a huge, huge benefit because it, you know, getting that on paper out of the way, that kind of daunting <laughs> process. So starting with essays, but then you have all the different, you know, resumes and the, the individual questions from different colleges and different deadlines. So it, it does drag on a bit. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint, I would say, that senior year. Um, for me, I think I was, I was calm. I mean, the key that I was trying to get is, like Dr. C said, he had a lot of things going for him, but the packaging is not that easy. And that's where, you know, enter Dr. C, right? How do you pull all this together and tell the compelling story? Because while I know everything my child has done and he knows everything he's done and his capability, these are complete strangers that are gonna be reading his, his application who have very little time. So really, how do you get that compelling story, get it all packaged well? Um, and so for me, I didn't know how to do that. Like, that's where I knew I needed, like Mateo needed help with that, right? Is how do you package everything? How do you get it all together? Also, I really love my child and I did not want to be fighting with him every day. And so I, <laughs> I just loved being able to just delegate, like I could be the supportive mom and Dr. C could be the bad guy when she needed to be the bad guy, if she could and keep him on track. Cause as I said, there's a lot of steps to it. It's not just one and done. And so Dr. C is really good. She has good, rep, you know, good rapport with kids and she keeps them moving forward. Um, and if I saw something from home that she couldn't possibly see, like, oh, he's not doing this and he's not doing that. I would just text her heads up. Can you tell Mateo? Like, I didn't have to do it. I would, <laughs> you know, he's falling behind on this. And so she would, you know, do her thing and get him back on track. So that was for me the biggest, one of the biggest benefits or many benefits, but one of the biggest benefits was that I did not have to be the person managing my child through this process. So good. Okay. I love what you said about the marathon is, is a marathon, not a sprint. And <clears throat> I might ask you uh, just to, to say a bit about that. Yours even went on a little bit longer than most. <laughs> so it was a really a marathon even at the end, but um. I, I would say that a lot of people that we work with, uh, that whether they're campers, uh, just campers or semi-private clients or private clients, it is about keeping your relationship intact um, because everybody is emotional through this process and going through their own thing. And as a parent, you know, you're like, you know, your, your baby's about to leave the nest and like, oh, that time is coming to an end. And 
they're, you know, while you're feeling like, oh, sentimental, they're like, yay, I'm leaving. And it's like, everybody's like, and sometimes they're scared too. So everybody's emotional roller coasters can collide. So I really like what you said about just being able to have someone else and being able to be the cheerleader. So um, the compelling, pulling the things together. Ooh, you know, someone, when you're so close to it, either you're the student or you're the parent, you've seen everything they've done, like you said, and you're like, he's just great. I know he's great. So like, why don't they just all take him? <laughs> right? right? Like, I want this to be so easy. Like, he's so bad. And it does take, and that's, I would say, perhaps, I'm just thinking about this right now. That's the difference between a private school and a public school. Like, again, it's like that, the the people sitting in those chairs at the private school are these experts. Like, that's what they do. You have the counselors that are for the mental and emotional, mental, physical, emotional, like the academic counselors at that school. But when we say there are college counselors at private schools, what I'm saying is at Marymount, there were only two college counselors. Upstairs was a whole other set of four women who, when the girls had, you know, stress, when they were stressed out because they had too many tests or whatever, they went upstairs to a different counselor. So really need to drive home that private elite private uh, high schools have expert college counselors for the for the students and so that's what we do really well is pull together everything and go okay i'm gonna i can look at this whole map of everything he's done and go all right i see three buckets here so we're going to talk about this thing this thing and this thing that's it and making it easy for the reader because the reader will read six to twelve minutes so okay well so he gets admitted and, and uh, you know, share what you're comfortable sharing as to what happens between, you know, March and, and, and May. And, and here's another funny thing, too, before that I get to the getting responses is Mateo had a very small college list. He wanted at first he wanted to stay in California. He didn't want to stay in the Bay Area since he grew up here. So that limits it to Southern California, literally. Right. So he was kind of trying to figure out where to apply and his list was very short. As the process went on, he ended up adding so many schools because I think part of that was he was getting nervous about, am I gonna get in here? Am I gonna get in there? And so he started adding more and more colleges, which was interesting. So he ended up applying to like 18 schools. I mean, with state and UCs, you can just check it off. So it's not extra, but, um, but yeah, so he ended up with five states, all the UCs except for I think two, um, and then I think five privates. Wow. Um, he did very. He did. He did great. You know, he. he I won't go into all the detail. He <laughs> yeah. did very well. He had a. I um, he had a very high batting average. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did. He, he was lucky. He did, you know, whatever. He he did very well. Um, he wanted to go. I personally thought UCLA would be a great fit for him. He ended up getting waitlisted at UCLA, um, so he was deciding between UC Santa Barbara, which was also a great option. He was very excited about that as well, and that's where I went. Mm -hmm. um, but then he uh, wrote a compelling letter, and um, before uh, deposits were even due, popped off the waitlist at UCLA. So that's, um, we spent about two days talking about it. I mean, actually he didn't, I talked to my family and, and we all thought, you know, he's a city kid. He's met for that kind of environment. Mm -hmm. And it was obviously his choice and he's at UCLA and he's 
loving it. He's thriving. He's just super excited. I was just sharing with Dr. C that he's joined clubs and, you know, he's working hard in his classes and enjoying all that LA has to offer. Um, and it's a beautiful campus. So we're really happy um, with okay. the outcome. And, you know, the thing about maintaining a good relationship with your kid is like, we still have that great relationship. He's yesterday, he was voice texting me about a sociology article he was reading because made this made me think of you, mom, and it's really interesting. Oh. And, and uh, so I hear from him quite a bit about what he's oh, doing there. So and and uh, we miss him, but it's great. It's all good. It's fun. It's all good. Okay. So if you didn't catch what she just said, um, and I'm going to reiterate this because I just had this conversation with um, one of my privates who's currently a junior, right? So she's starting this process, or we're getting ready to hit, it, hit the pavement here. And I said, look, it, you, I know there'll be, like, if you don't get your first choice in, you know, December and, and you have to wait until April or you have to wait till May, you might be teary along the way, but you don't care at the end of the day, if you, you get into your dream college, it doesn't matter when it comes. And so this is a long game. This is a long game. And so just everyone who's listening out there, those and the privates who work with me, I give you a very specific thing to do starting in the spring to start building the rapport that you need to, because you never know when you're going to be taken off the wait list. You never know when you're, you're, you're you know, it's going to happen. So it, you got to be in it for the long game. So Mateo was committed. I remember him writing that letter and submitting it right away. And so his time came. So he was in it for the long haul. I love it. My yep. God. Yeah. Lucky too. You heard a week later before deposits were due. So that was nice. Yes. Nice yes. for me. <laughs> <laughs> for you. Yes, it was nice for you. Oh yeah. man. Um, but you know, you know, he would have he was gonna go to your alma mater. So not I know the beach. Yeah. yeah the beach. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so um let me just see if I can summarize this. All right. A few takeaways, everyone. Write these down. Get a mentor. This is a marathon, not a sprint. You got to be in it for the long haul. Protect your relationship with your child because that will be at the end of the day what you want to have, at, uh, no matter what. So there you go. Okay, let me do our little sign off here, and then we'll wave. Okay, so hold All on, right. hold on, Belinda. All right, everyone. Well, here is the truth. Every student has a great story to tell. The problem is students do not understand that the college essay is not written in the style of an English or a research paper. Once I realized that, that students needed to reframe how they wrote the essay, my then business partner and I founded College Essay Bootcamp. College Essay Bootcamp is designed to give students the step-by-step -step formula on how to take their idea and write it, write essays in just five days. The completion of this class helps to reduce family stress while also increasing the chances of success. Mateo, case in point, if so, the summer course is open to all rising juniors and seniors, and I'm excited to announce that the 2024 summer dates are now announced and you can reserve your spot with just $500. Early registration saves you 10%, so hop on over to drcynthiacolon.com and scroll to the bottom and you'll get there where you can click the link. Okay, that's all I have for you, my friends. Thank you for tuning in for Destination University. I'm Dr. Cynthia Colon, your happy success expert. If this episode has in any way helped fueled 
helped fueled you or inspired you and how could it not, please share this episode with three people in the next 30 minutes. You can subscribe uh, by listening. You can subscribe to Destination University wherever you get your podcast. And if you haven't binge listened to our previous seasons, do it. If you know an eighth grader or high school student, dive in and take every piece of advice possible. Start with episode one, where I interview my mom. You'll love her. Okay, I'll be sure to see you next week, same time, same place. Until then, wherever you are, may you have a happy and sunny day. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening this week to Destination University. Be sure to join Dr. Cynthia Colon again and get one step closer to your success. 